0: Welcome to the Ditcher Diet Podcast. I'm your host, Kerry Williams, Life and Weight Loss Coach. And here on this podcast, we talk all about giving up the struggle with yo-yo dieting. We also talk about healing your relationship with food and your body so that you can finally tick weight loss off the to-do list for good. Hello, welcome back. So this week we are talking all about overeating And how you can break the pattern of overeating. This is a topic I'm really passionate about. I know I say this probably with a lot of the things that I speak about on this podcast, but truly this is one of the biggest breakthroughs that I had in my own personal journey when it came to breaking up with yo-yo dieting. Little did I realize that actually what I was doing was I was constantly overeating and little did i realize that i had these subconscious patterns that kept me returning to food again and again and i just didn't understand what was happening so i feel like this is a really important topic for women who are stuck in that yo-yo diet pattern for women who feel like things aren't working for them and that they want to feel a certain way in their body, that they want to really heal their relationship with their body and just feel happy in their own skin again. You know, I think this information really is a game changer and I just wish I had known this years ago. So I hope that this is going to provide you with a bit of a shortcut um, if you're in a place that I was in a few years ago, Um, because I believe that there are these three things that I'm going to talk about today that would just have been so revolutionary revolutionary to me if I'd only known them see we many of us believe that we need more willpower that we need to stop craving and that if we're binging or if we know that we're overeating that there's certain foods that we shouldn't be eating so if only we had more discipline if only we had more willpower just like other people who have a normal relationship with food everything would be right and I believe that's a myth So I'm going to talk about that today. I'm also going to talk about that there's more than one type of hunger, and you might have heard me talk about this before on the podcast, and when it came to the context of me understanding my eating patterns and how I was overeating and um, how sometimes I was feeding myself when I wasn't actually hungry for food really helped me to break those patterns And then also how we can get stuck in this cycle when we actually start beating ourselves up because we've overeaten or because we've put on weight, it's actually counterproductive. And ironically, it leads to more overeating for many of us, particularly women who are stuck in this yo-yo diet cycle. So I hope that this is going to help you to take a little bit of a shortcut today, because my journey has been long and winding when it comes to my CV or my resume, if you like, when it um, comes to dieting, I tried so many different things. I mean, in my 20s, I was doing all sorts of different diets, you know, the kind of classic things that would be in the mainstream, like Atkins, South Beach. Um, I started intermittent fasting when I learned about that, the Fast 800, um, the 5-2, the blood type diet, all of those kinds of things. I'd buy books, I'd consume them. I knew an awful lot about nutrition. And That level of information did not help with my eating patterns. I was still turning to food when I wasn't truly hungry for food and eating when my body didn't really actually need food, it needed something else. I also tried herbs, I tried supplements, Um, eventually I trained uh, in homeopathy and naturopathy and kinesiology and so through all of those disciplines and learning so much more about nutrition I started doing things like food sensitivity testing and getting my thyroid checked and um, taking all of this new nutritional knowledge and using it again to beat myself up. Like, Oh, I should only be eating uh, foods that are gluten free and I should be cutting out wheat and sugar because they're really inflammatory. You know, I kind of, For many of us with a classic dieting mentality, you know, we think that the more we learn about foods, the more we will, um, you know, eat better, treat our bodies better. But actually, to be honest, I used that information just as another stick to beat myself up and it really didn't serve me. I even ended up trying hypnotherapy. I started going into mind, um, trying to look at what was going on with those patterns because I started to realize, oh, I've tried all of these different diets. None of this works. So then I started trying hypnosis CDs. You know, they kind of changed some of the patterns in that moment, but I really had to keep doing it. You know, so it's almost like if I stopped doing it, that all returned. So it was a temporary solution again, unfortunately. So I tried lots of different things. And at the end of that, I kind of gave up on it all. I started doing a lot of mindset work um, around accepting myself as I was because I just thought, you know what? Nothing works. And so I got very hopeless, like I just have to accept my body for the way it is. So actually, that was very beneficial because I eventually got to a better place in my mind around my body. However, I also started intuitively eating and I hadn't broken those patterns. I was still turning to food when I was feeling certain emotions. So actually, even intuitive eating, which isn't a diet, didn't actually work for me because I was so confused about my hunger signals. I was feeding myself when I didn't actually need to eat food. So yeah, I had a really long journey with all of this. And I just really wish that I had known these three things. So I'm going to share them with you today and hopefully they are going to help you. So let's talk about number one. You do not need more willpower to stop you craving and overeating the foods that you apparently shouldn't eat. So which, by the way, is a judgment that we all create, right? I mean, many of us who have been dieters for a long time, we have these lists of good foods and bad foods, foods that we should eat and foods that we shouldn't eat. And who says, actually, these are self-imposed rules. And I believe that we've learned all of this from the diet industry, society, the media. Over time, they have taught us that We just need to use willpower and ironclad strength and just eat the right foods, just like all of these diet programs tell us. You know, like just eat these foods, just like the list we told you, resist the cravings, use your willpower and you'll be healthy. You know, how often have you thought things like I need more discipline? Why don't I have the willpower like other people do? You know, and I think for some people, this works really well, you know, for some people, these diets work really well but I believe that there's a pattern amongst women who have this tendency to yo-yo diet for much of their lives that this kind of thinking just doesn't help us it really really doesn't because we end up starting to think that there's something wrong with us like why can't I do that like everyone else and the thing is our brain is only doing what it is programmed to do we have been designed this way Our brains are programmed to seek pleasure. It's very, very normal, very just natural. This actually includes pleasurable foods, and it has actually helped our survival from the caveman era. So this is all very normal. If we think about it in the context of the motivational triad, this is a theory that describes why humans are motivated to do anything at all. So it tells us that there are three reasons why human beings are motivated to do anything. We're looking to seek pleasure, we're looking to avoid pain, and we're looking to conserve energy. So when that comes to food, we can see that humans are motivated to seek pleasurable food. When you think about how you might have preferences for certain types of food, how you don't want to eat food that is rotten and smells disgusting, that helps us with our survival. We don't go and choose foods that are rotting and that are probably going to have a bad effect on our body. Having worked as a complementary therapist, I noticed, you know, quite often people have aversions and they don't particularly like foods that they might have a bit of a reaction to, which is just so interesting. It doesn't happen with all foods, but it happens with some of them. You know, I've seen that quite a lot with like raw tomatoes. If someone has something really against raw tomatoes, I remember one woman in particular, and when she'd be cooking with tomatoes for her family, she'd find that all of her skin would get inflamed with all the tomato juices. She was chopping it up on the chopping board. You know, it's like our bodies intuitively know these things, but we're always going to seek pleasure. And when we seek pleasure through food, Food, it's actually telling our brain that this is important for survival, which of course it is. Food is all about nourishment. Food is all about giving our body the energy and the fuel it needs to survive. So, of course, we're going to seek pleasurable foods. There's nothing wrong with that. And the second point on the motivational triad is that we're humans are motivated to avoid pain. So, again, if we think about rotten food, you know, if it smells awful, we are not really going to be motivated to eat it. And that is helping us to avoid the pain of maybe getting food poisoning. Um, This also plays out in lots of other ways, like maybe we don't want to eat food that's super hot. Um, Maybe we don't want to eat food that's frozen. You know, maybe that would actually hurt our digestion. It's probably something that we're not really motivated to do. So you can see how that plays out in eating but when it also comes to emotional pain quite often we may be avoiding the pain of an emotion and we seek pleasure through food in order to um, not feel that emotion temporarily so it also plays out in emotional eating as well and finally conserving energy so when it comes to eating patterns quite often we'll see eating patterns come back like when we're tired, for instance, we might find that we might be more motivated to order a takeaway or to get something quick from the supermarket on the way home that we can just bung in the oven and we don't need to cook from scratch. Um, that's just one example, but you know, if there's an easier option, our brains are gonna be naturally motivated to take that because we wanna conserve energy for our survival. We don't wanna you know, be expending all of the energy and putting ourselves at risk so we can see why our body has been developed in this way it's all very natural and normal so really when we're actually thinking that we shouldn't be having these food cravings and that we should be resisting them more and what's wrong with me why can't i be more like other people i need more discipline actually what we're really seeing is that our bodies and our brains are doing very natural and normal stuff and the more we resist and fight it the less we the further away we're going to be from a solution because the thing is as well that with modern foods They have been processed and engineered to give us more pleasure than they would if they were in their natural form. So our brain gets a massive hit of pleasure from these processed foods. And some uh, of the companies will actually engineer foods to something called the bliss point. So they will actually use working groups and focus groups and things like that to really test their recipes, and see what is that ultimate point that they get to where they put enough sugar in, there's enough fat, and it gives the person so much pleasure, they're just like, oh, I want more. Because your brain has been flooded with pleasure chemicals at this point. And so what that's actually teaching your primitive mind is this is the most important thing for survival. These foods give you so much pleasure. And so we've got our primitive brain, which is driven by these very primitive survival instincts to seek pleasure. And then in this modern world, we have these modern foods that give us these huge hits of pleasure. It's like over-pleasure. I don't know if you've ever seen some of those... um, videos that go around on social media. I saw one not too long ago with a baby, uh, you know, having ice cream for the first time in its life. And it just was just in the throes of pleasure. And it's like its eyes went really wide. And and it was just like, ah, oh, it was just so amazing. You know, it's like you can see the hit of pleasure that baby just got. And its brain had just been taught at that point that this is the most important thing for survival. We need more of this. So then we find that we want more of that pleasure because our brain thinks it's the most important thing for survival so this is one of the mechanisms that will will happen in our brain when we actually have these food cravings so when we understand this we see that there's actually nothing wrong here when we understand it we can start to work out how to deal with it but actually beating ourselves up and judging ourselves as not having enough discipline is not the way forward So we can understand that over-desire is basically created by many of these modern foods. We can then consciously work with our brain's survival mechanisms instead of fighting it. And so we can start to manage and understand our cravings. And then we can start to change our patterns of overeating for good. Okay, so that is number one. Number two I wanted to talk to you about is that there's more than one type of hunger and your body is not always telling you that it needs food. So for many of us, we believe that we always need to eat whenever we feel hungry. Maybe, you know, we, we start to tell ourselves things like, oh, I just got a big appetite. I just need more food than other people. Um, some women get so anxious about this that, that they may get hungry that they'll often pack snacks in advance. Like if they're going out for the day, they'll make sure they've got lots of snacks in their bag just in case. But what if it was something else? So when I came to realize that there are three common types of hunger and how I could distinguish between them, everything started to change because sometimes our body is asking for fuel. It is asking for food or water and it needs that nourishment. But other times our body is just having a sugar withdrawal or our body may be feeling hungry, but actually we're trying to avoid feeling an emotion. So we may be looking to emotional eating at that point. So let's have a look at physical hunger. Women often say to me that physical hunger is experienced as a very physical sensation. You know you need to eat, it's not that urgent, and it can often wait to the next meal. There might be some very bodily sensations like stomachs growling. Um, and it's not urgent. That's one of the really key distinctions that most of the women that, that kind of start to tune into their hunger, they'll always report that back about physical hunger. It's not very urgent. And I don't need anything in particular. It's like I'm just looking forward to my lunch in half an hour, that kind of thing. This is the kind of hunger that for many women who have been yo-yo dieting for years and maybe very out of touch with their hunger, it's often the last hunger that they actually start to recognize because they are much more in tune with the other two types of hunger. So it actually takes time to become more in tune with your body and to actually start to understand those signals again. When it comes to emotional hunger, the thing is no one taught us how to process emotions. I haven't come across anyone in my life who has been taught how to actually process emotions. And so for many of us, we use food to feel better. Not everyone does that. I mean, some people use alcohol. Some people use video games to numb out too. some people use Netflix, some people smoke cigarettes, you know, but for those of us who overeat, there's often emotional stuff going on. And when our brain learns that habit of you know you feel the emotion and then if you eat chocolate you feel better it can become an unconscious habit so if we have started to create that habit years ago of whenever i feel sad i'm going to eat chocolate then over time every time we feel sad in our lives we will eat chocolate and we may not even be conscious that there's sadness running the show underneath all of that so when there's an emotion going on many women will describe this as urgent and often that there's a specific craving for a one food a particular type of food, or there can be uh, what we call storm eats where, you know, you might just want to inhale everything in sight. And there's, it's like your, your stomach is a bottomless pit and it just needs to be full. That can be another one as well. It's like, there's an urgent desire just to eat and you will kind of raid the fridge and raid the cupboard and eat whatever you can right in front of you. Or you might be like, mm, I really need cheese. The only thing that I want right now is cheese. So that could be emotional hunger. It's often accompanied by sensations in the throat and mouth as well, like your mouth watering and you're just thinking about that chocolate or thinking about that cheese or thinking about going and raiding the fridge and eating everything in sight. Whereas with the physical hunger, it's not that urgent. So that's really where you're going to distinguish. Is it urgent? Do I have to eat now? So it might be an emotion if that's the case. We've also got sugar withdrawal. So our body may use sugar as one of its uh, fuel sources. And when it is in our bloodstream, when glucose is in our bloodstream, it is a very quick and easy source of energy for our body. So it's going to be the most efficient thing to do. Our body loves to conserve energy. So um, we, if we've got glucose available, then your body is going to fuel itself with glucose rather than fat. And the thing is, it will give you a very quick hit of energy. Uh, But the thing is, it doesn't last very long. So you may have that high, you may get that alertness again. And this is a really classic one at like two or three in the afternoon after lunch, many people will will really want that hit of something sweet or something that's gonna give them a bit of a, a kick. So that might be like tea or coffee with a bit of sugar in, some biscuits, anything like that. Many women describe this type of hunger as being a combination of physical and emotional symptoms. So they'll get shaky, they'll get lightheaded, their stomach's grumbling, and they might be emotional. They might actually get quite irritable or hangry when you're a combination of hungry and angry. And it's often quite urgent. And it is urgent because you've had that sugar high before, and you had that, that kind of feeling of alertness and you're much more up, And when that's dropped, your body wants to replace that quite quickly. So it's a matter of balancing out those sugar withdrawals and balancing out the blood sugar. That will help you over time to actually tune into what your body is really hungry for. So really what we're looking at is our body's hunger signals are so confused. And when we can work out what our body is really craving, we can actually give it what it wants. So number three I wanted to talk to you about was that beating yourself up when you've overeaten or put on weight is actually counterproductive and it can lead to more overeating. It's a classic kind of thing that many of us dieters do, many of us that are professional dieters. We all beat ourselves up when we overeat. Like we might have promised not to eat chocolate again and then we have a piece the next day and it's like, oh, it's all ruined now. I might as well just eat it all. Or maybe they have a full-on binge on their favourite food and then we just think, ah. you know, I've just fallen off the wagon. It's that all or nothing mentality. I might as well just go back to my old ways. And then when we see changes on the scales or maybe the next day or even a couple of hours later, we start thinking back and we feel guilty, we feel shame. Then we might even start beating ourselves up. It's such a common thing. So then, you know, we think that this is going to inspire us to make positive change. We think that... It is actually going to help us along this journey, but ironically, it just causes more overeating. See, the thing is, our feelings drive everything we do. If you think about it, everything comes from a feeling. And so when we feel terrible about ourselves, and if we have the pattern of overeating our feelings, many of us will turn to food to feel better. This is the think-feel-act cycle. When I learned about the theory of the think-feel-act cycle, it, it made so much make sense, especially in the context of dieting and overeating. When I understood that our thoughts create feelings and that our feelings dictate what we do, our actions, then it just explained everything and I could start to change the outcomes and start to change these emotional eating patterns Here's an example of how it might play out. Let's just say you're bored, maybe you're working and it's the afternoon and you might be thinking, oh, I don't wanna do this task. So you're feeling really bored and then you go and raid the fridge or have a snack. So you're kind of procrastinating and avoiding doing the work. So once you have raided the fridge, then you might actually be thinking, I shouldn't have eaten that. Oh no, I feel guilty now. And so then you start blaming yourself. You start feeling bad about what you've eaten And you may even go back and eat more. I don't know if you've ever done that, but I have certainly done that. That's for sure. And then in this scenario, let's just say the scales fluctuate up the next day. And then you might be thinking, I can't believe I've done this again. And you're angry at yourself. And so often for those of us who have this dieting mentality, we will punish ourselves either by restricting food and and over-exercising, like we've got to get ourselves back in shape again, or we may even eat more for a period of time until we beat ourselves up enough to get back on it and restrict and over-exercise. So can you see that toxic cycle of how these thoughts of beating ourselves up and that we've done the wrong thing can actually create more of the same toxic diet mentality? It's just not serving us. So we need to learn to manage these thoughts, to actually identify them for what they are. It's like it's our shitty committee in our mind, our negative critique, just saying things like you shouldn't have done that, you're no good at this. When we can actually see those things for what they are and recognize that they are not reality and not the truth, we can then start to change our thought patterns and that ultimately creates a different result. It allows us to to get out of the dieting mentality and get back to a different get to a different place we change the thought which changes the feeling it takes the guilt away it takes the shame away it takes the anger at ourselves away we then change the action because we're not eating like to make ourselves feel better we get a different result we're not stuck in that dieting mentality and we're not stuck in that dieting cycle and uh one of my clients hillary did really well through all of this, actually, you know, because she changed her thought patterns so much. And it was really interesting for her because as she went through all of this and she just, she lost some weight, but she recognized in the end that it wasn't about the weight. And she said to me, it's taken me all all this time and it's taken me to lose this weight to realize it was never about the weight. And I was overeating because I was thinking badly about myself and I was blaming the weight. So now that she understood this, She didn't even need to overeat anymore. So this stuff is really powerful. I just want to recap. So some of the things that we've shared today is that you don't need more willpower to stop craving and overeating foods that you supposedly shouldn't be eating. It's okay. Your brain is just doing what it was designed to do. There's more than one type of hunger. So we need to tune in and find out what our body is really telling us it needs and only feed it when it actually needs nourishment and fuel. And that being hard on ourselves is actually counterproductive and it's leading to more overeating. Okay, so I hope that's been helpful for you today. I hope that by sharing that, that gives you a bit of a shortcut. If you're anywhere like where I was with the example of all the different diets that I've tried, if you're in the midst of all of that, then I really hope that some of the information I've shared today can can be a little bit of a shortcut for you so you don't have to go through all of that before you actually heal your relationship with food and with your body. Okay, that's what I've got for you this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. Have a lovely week and I will see you next week. Bye for now. If you're ready to end yo-yo dieting for good and to heal your relationship with food and your body, why not come and join us on the free Facebook community, Life Beyond Dieting Community. This is a community for women who have experienced a long history of yo-yo dieting, a place where we can explore all sorts of issues like accepting our body just as it is, and how we can actually create a new relationship with food and our body so that we can actually feel happy and content in our own skin, finally. So on this group, you'll also find there's a weekly segment from me where I'll be sharing a video on a particular topic to give you inspiration and tips to support you on this journey. So on Facebook, search for Life Beyond Dieting Community and come on over and join us. I look forward to seeing you there.